knew what it was like to indulge in a story and be emotionally, emotionally and mentally like evolved after reading a book. And once I realized that that was something that I could do and like be on the other end of that wall, it was very eye-opening for me because I went from being very lonely and not having a lot of people to relate to me um, to be, and like not knowing how to express myself or share my story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now being with a group of people who were showing me all these different ways to express myself. And so again, like right now at this point in time, I just, I consider myself an artist. Welcome everybody to episode 13 of the Paul and Pals podcast. I'm your host, Ponyboy Paul. And Paul and Pals, the podcast where I interview my creative pals to learn how they became who they are today to inspire you for tomorrow. On episode 13, I interview my pal, Vanessa Chap. Um, she's a cinematographer, photographer, just overall artist that loves to tell stories uh, who currently resides in Los Angeles. Now, in this episode, she kind of talks about really what kind of got her to be a storyteller, the influence, which is mostly her mom and how coming over from Cambodia, you know, due to the war, really made her just open her eyes to the world. Um, Her experience with her friends and traveling to different places because of an opportunity to play golf. And then lastly, like this impromptu trip to Philippines that really made her like realize that she could do whatever she wanted to do. But without any further ado, let's get creative. creative. How am I sounding? Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think you're good. I can hear you pretty well. Boom. Hi. How you doing? How you doing? I'm how's good. life? life? How is uh how's the COVID? How's COVID? How's 2020 treating? I'm gonna stop saying COVID every time now. How's 2020 treating you? 2020 has been quite the experience. Um, quite the experience. Yeah, it's been a lot of, it's, there's been a lot of bad things. Um, and in parallel to that, there's been a lot of good things. Um, I think me being a homebody kind of like mentally prepared me to like yeah. adjust to this lifestyle that we're in right now as far as quarantining and all that jazz. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely allowed me to take some time to think about like what I want to do, what where I want to be, and who am I? You know, those no, I feel that. crisis. Totally. No, no, I, I think I can definitely relate to that. Um, I kind of always felt like I was a homebody, but before it all kind of shut down, I was always traveling and chilling with the boys and all that. So I think when it happened, I'm like, dang, like, what am I going to be doing? So I think we're also trying to figure it out. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I created this podcast. I kind of wanted to get into my creative bag and see if that's really what I am. And it's been going pretty well, but you know, we're going to get into your story before 2020, hopefully a little bit more happier stories, but let's start there. Where, where do you want to start your story? Where, where do you want to start? Like when you were born, like your parents meeting, like, where do you want to go? Um, wow. I think, I think I have to start before I was born because (laughs) 
my parents' story and um, more specifically my mom's story of how she came to the U.S. and um, I mean, how I came to exist. Yeah, her her uh, story alone is like what made me want to become a storyteller. That was the main when I was a kid, and she told me her life experience. Um, I said, "Wow, I need to." tell this story to the world because this isn't something that is like your typical story. Not to say that there are typical life stories out there, but I think that especially being an Asian American, this is one of the stories that kind of gets slipped under the rug and it's kind of untold. Um, and I think it's a, an air that's kind of forgotten. Yeah. Um, and people who have gone through. Oh, people are saying they can't hear. Can y'all hear me? Mm, oh wait, yeah. I think, I think, I think it's good now. We're good. Wait, so it's good. good. Okay, we back. We back. Can you hear me <laughs> right now? Okay, we good. Um, dang, they missed like the whole recap. Oh, yeah, so do it started, over. Do yeah, it over. Let's do that. Yeah. Hey, Woo! Vanessa, what's up? Um, so where do you want to start your story? Is it like, you know, before you came to be, or like, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you had asked me where I want to start my story, and I think that. Who I am is very influenced by what happened before I came to this earth. And um, that being said, the reason why I say that is because um, my parents are immigrants from Cambodia. And um, there was a a genocide that happened there that not not too many people know about it. It was... um, kind of a, a consequence of the Vietnam War. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it was the first, when my mom told me the story of basically how she came to America, that was the first time in my life where I was like, this is a story that I need to tell and share with the world because it's not a story, it's a story that I'm familiar with because I'm around a bunch of other Cambodian American people who have gone through similar hardships and have similar stories of coming to America. But outside of that, it's almost unheard of. Um, Mm. And I think that going through something like that and not being able to share it with the world um, would kind of be kind of a loss for everyone because storytelling provides understanding. And I think that if someone were to learn something or understand, a perspective like that, I think yeah. that there's just so much to learn from all these different life paths, you know? And how, how old were you when your mom told you this? Like, were you already kind of seeing yourself as a, you said, storyteller, but at that time, like, how young were you? Were you just like, oh, I have to tell people? Or were you just like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy? I was really young. I was, I was probably about five when I fully understood for the first time the, the depth of what she had went through. Um, being a war refugee and um, coming to America. And she was in, um, sorry, mom. (laughs) Um, She was in uh, concentration camps in Cambodia. Um, And so again, this is not something that many Asian Americans, let alone just Americans in general know about. Not too familiar either. Um, And so when she told me that, like I'm looking at my mom and she's, she's in front of me like alive and well telling me these things that she saw with her own eyes and these experiences that she had where she didn't know if she would make it 
out alive the next morning or if she would starve to death or if she would be shot or if her parents would be taken away from her, all these different things. Like, I couldn't even imagine what that was like because I was sitting safely at home with my mom having this conversation. And at that time, um, I, I read a lot when I was little. I read nonstop. I was, my book was always, I mean, my book was always in a head. My head was always in a book. <laughs> um, and so I didn't necessarily think that, oh, I'm a storyteller. It was more yeah. like, I think that this is a really good story gotcha. that people can resonate with um, and hopefully find either some sort of like hope or um, strength or if, if it's something that they had gone through that they can find some sort of healing through this mm -hmm. story. Yeah. And kind of, you know, I, I want to talk about you for sure, but kind of going back to that story with your mom, was that something that she just wanted to share with you just because she felt like she had to? Or was that something that you asked about? Because I asked that because like, you know, the older I get, I realize I don't know as much about my parents' history before I came to be, right? You know, sometimes they'll mention some things, but I feel like I never really understood. And now I'm trying to ask more questions, uh, you know, currently with what's undergoing in Nigeria with the NSARS movement. I'm, I'm really trying to like ask them like, you know, what is this? Do you a little bit, cause I'm not, I'm a little bit removed from that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting that you, your mom was willing to share that with you. And I was curious how that was actually like a, a conversation. I think it, it's kind of like your typical, like, where did my mom and dad meet and this yeah, and that? Yeah, yeah. And it like, it kind of just took me through these twists and turns where I was like, wait, what? Like this happened? And then like the further, I, I was just very curious basically. And so I would constantly ask her like, what do you mean this happened? Or can you explain this to me? How did you come? Like my mom grew up in France and it's like, how did you end up in France? But you were born in Cambodia. That's yeah. because of the war. So then you're like, okay, well, what does that have to do with France? And then you learn all these things of like colonies and, refugees and all these yeah. different things and so it was just me constantly being like what do you mean why 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 um yeah well that's crazy so, um, yeah i think it was like over time it was like this story had kind of put itself together and then now i'm just like wow that's a lot and i still okay. need to do something about this story okay so that's good because now that I'm, I'm trying to remember you know i think we met like summer i think yeah summer of 2019 which feels so crazy because it feels so long ago. I was in right. San Diego uh, to shoot a, mu a music video with uh, my boy Kakuyan and his friend Shada Spence. And um, I think I remember like I was so interested in how you guys were because I've never actually been at a video shoot, never less than music video, right? So I was very curious how you guys were doing and all that. So was ever since you had that storyteller mentality, did you kind of like make that like I'm going to school for this, I'm going to do this, whatever? Like yeah. how did you kind of take it there? I didn't do anything about it for majority of my life. Honestly, I indulged in a lot of stories um, mm -hmm. by like reading, um, mostly reading, watching movies, um, poetry. Um, but I, I never considered myself a creative person, um, maybe until five years ago, um, to wow. be completely honest. Um, yeah. I, I just, I knew that I had an appreciation for storytelling, but I was very, I was growing up, I was taught basically like there are certain things that you need to do in life in order to be happy and successful. Um, and those were like, they're your typical like cookie cutter life yeah. meanings of like what definitions of what success and happiness are. Mm -hmm. um, and so I spent 
most of my time when I was younger playing sports um, and that led me to playing golf. Um, okay. And so I played competitive golf in high school and college. So that took up a lot of my time. Um, and yeah, I think from golf, the reason I played golf was to get like free school, free college. Um, there's a lot of college scholarships for um, women golfers. Yeah. And um, that was kind of like my way of helping my parents out financially. I was like, okay. At the time, I was like, happiness has a lot to do with money, so I'm gonna alleviate. <laughs> I'm gonna alleviate some of the stress for my parents who, yeah. um, they got divorced. They were going through some stuff, but I thought that like helping them with the finances was what was gonna keep our family together, which had nothing to do with me. But yeah. um, so that's what I did, and through golf is actually how I became creative or tapped into my creative side, because I was in college. Um, I was traveling throughout the United States, going to different um, golf tournaments. And I was going to like really random places in the United States, like places that I had no business going to. I had it not been for <laughs> golf. I was going like the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, or like yeah. off the grid, Arizona. And there were these places and settings um, that I had never experienced before. I'm born and raised in San Diego. And I, um, up until two years ago, that's where I just always was um yeah. and I've, I've done like traveling around the world but for some reason when i was playing college sports that's when i was like started to realize a lot like wow like people are out here like living their life in a totally different way and yeah. i was like i doubt that i'm ever going to come back to these places in the middle of nowhere tennessee middle of nowhere nebraska like no, I'm i might that. you know so yeah. um that that's what got me to pick up my phone and just start taking pictures of everything around me. Um, so I started just like with my phone, um, just observing everything that was happening all the time. If I wasn't on the golf course, I was probably walking around with my teammates taking pictures of, I don't know, like a tree that I had never seen before or gotcha. like city hall of some city that I'm in. Because uh, again, what like, year I didn't, was, this, was this like, was Instagram popping at this time? Was it more just kind of like, I'm going to yeah. take this? Okay. Yeah, so this is about the time where Instagram started taking off and more so Instagram becoming a, it was like the very beginning of like, I guess, influencer culture where it yeah. was very, um, very photography based. So there was a specific style that um, people started to share and I appreciated and it was like the likes of, um, if people are aware of like Street Dreams Mag or um, mm. what's another one? There used to be this group called Class Mob that was that was in SF and they would go around at night with like a mob of people and just go around the city and take pictures. And it was like stuff like that. I was like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Like I would love to it's be interacting with people like that. Um, and so, yeah, at that time, Instagram was starting to get popping in that way. And like people were starting to like collaborate and just social media just became a very prominent aspect of our social life. Gotcha. Which is crazy where we're at with it now. I don't know, you know, good or bad. I think it's definitely crazy. Like the integration with our lives. Like even me, I, I get up, I'm like, Oh wait, let me go check that. And you can be in that position for like hours, which is crazy. Like I remember trying to, I remember being off Instagram for like four months. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get rid of, I don't want to say my addiction, but it was like, Oh, I'm gonna stop doing that. 
And you know, I'm like, okay, it's been four months. Let me let me try it back. And the same thing tends to happen. I think like they just they've just tapped into like this need to feel like we're connected, right? And uh, the reason I bring that up is because you have these stories and you're you're taking all these pictures, but were you how did you feel like you were serious about it, or was it more like? I don't know, like, oh, let me just take some pictures. Because I remember, like, I tried to do, like, Windows Movie Maker and make, like, photo slides, but I never thought that I was a creative at that time. So mm-hmm. how were you into it? Um, I never, I didn't, I was basically using Instagram as a journal to be like, this is where I've been. These are some cool things that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started to share a lot of that stuff. And I would get really positive responses from people and they would be people that I knew and they would be from people that I didn't know. Um, and so that was kind of like an interesting thing to come across because again, like I had never considered myself a creative person. I was just doing something that I enjoyed. Um, it just seemed natural to me because growing up, my dad always had a camera around. And so like, if you want to remember something, you take a picture of it. That was just like my common sense logic. Um, to yeah. always taking pictures of stuff. Um, and then with Instagram and like the Instagram communities, I started to interact with people in San Diego who were also like far more developed as creatives and developed as photographers. Um, and something in me was like, hey, I'm going to reach out to these people and see like if they would be willing to just let me hang out with them for a day and pick their brain because I was getting further like further into my passion of taking photos. And I was like, I think that even if it was just a hobby, like I would like to do do more than just with a phone or, mm. you know, so I started, I picked up a camera, um, started interacting with people. And it was the first time in my life that I had been surrounded by like-minded people. Not to say like the people in my life before that, like, <laughs> you know? They're but, watching this like, oh. They're like, <laughs> Well, quite frankly, they're probably not watching it. That's, oh, but, that's you know, that's like true. we're just not on the same wave like that. Like yeah, I can yeah, tell you yeah. right now that the people that are in here are for sure people who are like, well, I can't account for your friends, but. And she didn't mean that. Don't yeah. don't leave. Right. <laughs> but um, uh, okay. But yeah, so it was the first time I had been around like-minded people and who had similar interests as me, and it was really nice to kind of just like dive into this group of people who had already had their creative flow kind of going. Mm -hmm. Um, especially being in San Diego. Um, And so I basically started hanging out with these people a lot more. And um, one of my friends, Louisa, she she was like, oh, you should apply for this internship at a um, company called Passion Planner. And Passion Planner is a super sick company. I don't want to call them a startup because they're, they just turned seven. They're like, they're, they're killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically passion planner is a tool. It's a daily planner and it's a tool to help people break down what they want in their life. And instead of having it be like this daunting, big goal, what the planner does is it helps you break it down. Um, there's Lou right there. Yeah. Um, it helps you break it down into actionable steps. So that way each day, you're doing one to two things that'll help you get a couple steps forward. And before you know it, you're like, oh shit, I have actually accomplished what I wanted to do. But mm. it it only took these incremental steps for me to get there. And I just had to, you know, like that mindset alone is just like, it's not, 
something scary as long as you yeah. can kind of take it apart and be like, here's what's realistic for me to do right now. Here's the next step that's realistic for me to get there. Um, so through Passion Planner, um, that internship basically was the like launch pad um, for me kind of having that confidence in myself and being like, yeah, I am creative and I do yeah. want to consider myself as an artist. And so I basically was getting paid to learn photography while working at Passion Planner, which is like, I don't Damn. know, destiny and just luck and blessings, I guess. That's dope. Um, I got I to gotta check that out. That sounds actually really cool. Yeah. I, um, I think you would really like um, like what they're about and the, the product. Um, so from there, um, just hanging out with like-minded people who were interested in photos and um, these other creative platforms that I was interested in. Mm -hmm. um, I spent a couple years at Passion Planner developing myself as a photographer and then it came to the point where she wanted to build a video team. And I was like, yeah, like, why not take photography to the next step as far as like, I, I love music yeah. and I love observing life and I love storytelling. I was like, I love, I appreciate stories. And so when that opportunity came to be, she was like, oh, I want to start shifting things into video. It was like, this is perfect. This is a perfect way for me to like, combine all the things that I really love and that I'm really interested in mm. into one um, medium, basically. Gotcha. Um, and so, and go ahead. I was going to ask, kind of, because you've been saying photographer a lot. Like, at this point, you refer to yourself as a videographer, right? But do you feel like you've always been more of a fan of video? You just never tried it? Or do you still consider yourself more of a just phot photographer or just storyteller and all? Um, I would consider myself... At this point in time, I consider myself just purely just an artist. Um, there's a lot of different formats of like how I express myself, whether that's through um, music and like sound curating and DJing or whether that's video or whether that's doing um, like building art installations and like kinetic sculptures. Um, mm. I had never, when I was a kid, I watched music videos religiously. Um, and so on TV. I, yeah. And so <laughs> it was like, I was like these fire songs with these sick ass visuals. And I was like, wow, people made this. Like not only is this song really cool, but then they went the next step and made a really cool visual to like elevate this whole message and emotion even more. And that was like the craziest thing to me. That's like, I was obsessed with it, but I had never, considered that like a career that was just like a yeah. thing that existed and i'm like it's just there but people don't make those they just exist yeah mm -hmm. um <laughs> but i relate to that so hard i used to like i don't know if you do this too but sometimes like i'll hear a dope song i'm in the shower and like i'm thinking of like what would be like a dope visual effect to add to and i'm always thinking about that so i, would, I assume you're probably kind of the same yeah definitely I mean, yeah. I mean, I, th I think with everything, like there's, there's so much in life that provokes different thoughts and emotions and um, people create things to take you to other places or take you to different mind frames. And I think that's just super, super powerful. So the more I came to understand, like, I knew what it was like to indulge in a story and be emotionally, emotionally and mentally like evolved after reading a book. 
And once I realized that that was something that I could do and like be on the other end of that wall, mm-hmm. it was very eye-opening for me because I went from being very lonely and not having a lot of people to relate to me um, to be, and like not knowing how to express myself or share my story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now being with a group of people who were showing me all these different ways to express myself. And so again, like right now at this point in time, I just, I consider myself an artist just okay. because there's so many different things that if I wanted to express like love, I could, I could do that in so many different ways. If I wanted to express loneliness, I could do that in so many different ways. And that's the beauty of art is that you have all these things available to you to mm-hmm. just manipulate and create something of your own out of things that already exist, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's dope. Um, I like yeah. that you refer to yourself as an artist and kind of keep going, taking us through like this transition from photographer to like you gaining those uh, videography skills. Yeah. Um, so photography helped me as far as composition. Like I, everything, for the most part, um, aside from like the the mentors and the people that have helped me, um, I did everything like by myself. I learned how to take pictures by myself, just kind of figuring things out and experimenting. Like that looks like shit. I'm not gonna try that ever again. <laughs> or or if I do something that looks good, I'm like, oh, it's high. Like I'm going to like take take a mental note or even sometimes actually write it down and be like, this was sick. Let's like explore what more this could do. Um. So I think composition good composition is what allowed me to move into video kind of smoothly because um that allowed me to take in the moving information really well and it was there wasn't too much adjustment besides like a couple technical things Mm -hmm. um not to say that photography and video are alike they have their similarities but they're completely different beasts um but again, video just became like, you could create worlds in video. Like you can create emotions and worlds and all that in photography. But I was talking to um, my partner Valeria last night and she described it perfectly in saying like, video and film is taking life and expressing it at its most, like at its truest form. Like you are express- expressing literal emotions um, and messages with real yeah. life people, um, and and it's in real time too. You like yeah, you see exactly. It as it's yeah. Okay. Um, so learning video, it was just kind of like an Alice in Wonderland like rabbit hole for me. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like okay. again, coming from like the music videos and being obsessed with those and wanting to be a, like understanding the impact of storytelling. Um, that kind of just made me want to understand video and learn as much as possible in yeah, whatever sure. way possible. Well, then like shout out to YouTube university. Cause that's Yo, definitely gotten facts. to me where I am Yo, for sure. YouTube has taught me so much. Yeah, I'm yeah. still learning. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I probably it's, and it's free. So yeah. shout out. And uh, I like that though. Cause it's, it's kind of seems like you were going, cause now that I'm kind of understanding more about your story, it's really cool. in that like, you, you always kind of had it in you a little bit once that story that you had that one specific story. Right. And then you were like, how do I express it? And you had the internship. 
But once you realize, okay, video is kind of my bag, like, how did you actually get better at it? Like, what, what were you doing? Were you trying to like, okay, I'm a freelancer, hire me, I'll make a video for you? Or like, how did you really like start getting that experience that you needed? Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely starting at Passion Planner. Um, and we were doing a lot of different types of videos. We were doing product videos. So I had to learn how to do product videos. Um, we were doing very small documentaries on people and showcasing people who, um, <clears throat> who are able to make like their dreams come true using um, Passion Planner. So we were doing little documentaries on that. And that was like one of the key things I was like, ooh, I really like this. Like getting to know people, understanding like what their core values are and having, seeing them like express their goals or express whatever they were feeling um, and capturing that is definitely what got the ball rolling for me. And then um, towards the end of my time at Passion Planner, um, the CEO of the company, Angel, she decided that she wanted to go shoot a documentary in the Philippines. And it's like one night she called me up and she was like, hey, I have this idea. Um, are you down? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, she was like, um, she's, she's very spontaneous and adventurous like that. Um, and yeah, she, she, basically, she was covering all the costs or like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, but I would just yeah. say, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So she, she called me one night and she was like, well, I just came back from the Philippines and there's this story that I want to tell and I want to go. Are you down? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was in the Philippines shooting with her and a few other people from Passion Planner um, <clears throat> for two months. And that was the summer of 2018, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so after spending two months of just having a camera in my hand every single day, experiencing and like documenting a lifestyle that I had no idea about. Like I, I could relate to it, but again, it's like when you, when you drop me in those new settings, I'm like taking in all this information. What better way to take in this information than to like literally take it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's, a, that's a bar. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we'll trademark that after this. Um, <laughs> and then after that, I, before the documentary ended, I had to go to Angel and kind of be very straight up with her. Like, I don't see myself going back to an office space. Like, after this experience, mm. there's no way that I could just go back to how my life was. Um, and so before I even came back to the States, I put in my two weeks. And when I wow. came back, I was like, we're hitting this hard. Like. <laughs> Whatever, like whatever happens happens but I just know that I have to go in this direction otherwise I'm gonna suffocate and just drown in like all the what ifs you know yeah that's such a um, big jump like you're on the trip with the CEO and you're like yo I'm gonna quit like that's crazy so how yeah. were you like confident like because I'm being realistic right let's you're you're in San Diego at this point I'm assuming right mm-hmm. um you had a decent job I'm assuming and you were like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do my own thing. Like, did you kind of already have in this back of your head or how did you just do it so spontaneously? Um, I think it kind of came during the trip is when it really, really hit me. When I, again, mm. like I, I was doing it. Like I, that was my first big project as, an, a, as a videographer. Like you put me on a documentary. There's no, I've never had that experience before. Yeah. And so now that I've had that experience, my mentality in myself had changed and my mentality about 
what was possible changed. Yeah. And it's, it's again, it kind of stems from like the core message of Passion Planner. Like you can literally do anything you want. You just have to figure out what steps you need to do to get there. And so coming fresh off of that team and this documentary, I was like, I don't have any answers, but I'll go find them. And yeah. I, I was living, like, I didn't have that much to risk. Like I, at that point in my life, like I, was living with my dad, so I had a home. So it was like, if I, I wasn't gonna be homeless if I wasn't getting all these gigs that I needed to be full-time freelance. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I kind of just put that, I had just had to trust myself. Um, okay. And I had a lot of people who supported me and who were there for me to like, um, one of them being Valeria. I mean, like, you know Valeria, um, she's yeah. well-versed in um, video production and so, um, shortly after the documentary is when we started dating and she basically was like yeah here's video like she taught That's me a lot of crazy. different things and she was like oh you want to try and explore these like you should consider like learning these techniques or whatever and she kind of guided me in a sense of like how to not fall in my face as a freelancer because wow. she had yeah, she had been there like she went to school okay. for film she went um, she had her own production company with um, some of her friends, and now she was um, also working on that documentary. And yeah. so, um, yeah, she's definitely been like one of those core people to be like, okay, here's again, here's how to not fall on your face while <laughs> trying to go after what you love. No, that's dope. Shout out Valeria, yo. Like, I, yeah. yeah, she's always in her her bag. I like. I remember like after I met you guys in that whatever I think. July, I keep thinking it's August. Yeah, I think sometimes July. 20, July. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, I was so interested in how you guys made that video happen, and it was so dope to me. I would ask you so many questions. I'm like, yo, like, do I, how do I add the thing? How do I put the thing over the thing? So that's really dope that she uh, she supported you like that. And uh, now I'm, I'm liking that. Okay, you're like, yo, I gotta do it because worst case, you know, I, I go back to the crib, maybe find a new job. And a shout out Passion Flint. I might need one of those because uh, it got that anything is possible They're mentality. in here. The homies are in here. So. Hey, yo, Lou, you got to hit me up. I'm going to hit you up. Fam, the Posh fam should hook it up okay. for Colin Piles and all these creative endeavors for the people that you're talking to. Yeah, I might have to bring on My the people show. will talk to your people. <laughs> yeah, let's set it up. And uh, okay, now we're getting into your like solo thing. And how did you make that happen? How did you... Because at this point, you're making yourself a business. And I've, I'm always curious yeah. how people do that. Like, can you kind of take us through your process? Um, yes. Uh, I'm still figuring it out, for one. <laughs> so that's, like, a key thing to know. Like, it's, it, it's a never-ending journey, I think. Um, but to start, I, I, you definitely need to have that trust because you can't hesitate. Because if you hesitate, then you might not make the best decisions for your growth. Mm. Um, and so I was basically just putting myself out there. And um, my super supportive friends would have opportunities for me. They were like, oh, like, um, so-and-so has this gig and they need extra hands. Like, if you want to go help them um, and be an extra cam operator or whatever. And I was like, yeah. And so you're doing a lot of these random ass projects for the most mm. part for free. Um, but learning a shit ton um, and being very hands-on, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just to be as hands-on as possible and to not think so much and mm -hmm. just do it and see what happens. 
Um, gotcha. And so there was a lot of different projects where I was just learning a lot of things, meeting a lot of different people and like starting to interact um, with more people who were doing video production. So I started to build like a network of like people that I could ask questions or people who would reach out if they needed help or I had a project that I wanted to create, then I could reach out to them. So it kind of just became like this flow of mm. interactions where um, it kind of just came to me. Like the, it, like the right thing. Yeah, like I, again, it's having that faith. And I just was just like, I know that these opportunities are out there and I just basically have to sort through all this stuff and eventually come across those key interactions or those key conversations. Yeah. Like there was, there was one shoot that I went to go shoot um, behind the scenes for, it was a music video. Um, it was right after I came back from the Philippines. So this, I think was my first gig post documentary. Um, shooting behind the scenes wasn't compensated, but I was a really big um, admirer of the director who was um, shooting this video no relationship really formed with myself and the director which was like at first I was like kind of bummed I was like dang like I definitely look up to this person I really like their style but they're just like kind of in their own world you know like nothing yeah. personal it's just like it just didn't click but mm -hmm. it just so happened that I clicked with his director of photography who's in charge of mm -hmm. how it looks so it's like those interactions where you're like you may be going to something to in search of one thing and discover that something else better is available for you. Um, and so that's why doing, taking on all these like random projects is a really big key when you're starting off on like this solo endeavor. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's been your your favorite project so far? Cause I know on your Vimeo, you got a couple like um, originals and clips, but what's been your favorite to work on and why? Um, my favorite to work on, honestly, the my favorite project to work on is the one that I'm working on now. Ooh, can you, can you um, tell us? Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about it. Um, so, uh, hey, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, so I am currently developing a show with one of my closest, closest, closest friends. Um, I've known her since I, we were in middle school. Um, and for me, that's like kind of striking because middle school is probably like the darkest time for me. <clears throat> And um, we, life goes on and you kind of go down your different path and like people that you're close to in middle school and high school, you go off to college and it's like, whatever, you never see them again. Um, she went off to New York and it just, like, we just always stayed very, very close. And to me, that always stuck. I was like, oh, that seems very important. And it's nice to have those friendships in your life. And so you fast forward like a decade and now we are both in Los Angeles and we've both gone through all these different experiences um, we're still obviously very close, um, but we have this, this message that we want to share with the world. Um, and so the show that we're developing is called Very Human. And, and when you say show, is it TV show? Like what type of show per se? Uh, I would consider it like a, a talk show, um, talk but show. not your typical talk show. Cause again, like being who we are, like we want to make it as creative as a project as possible. Um, mm -hmm. And so basically, especially now, like what I think is really important for people to understand or maybe indulge in more is understanding themselves 
and figuring out the best ways to do so because not everybody knows how to do that and not you know like there's there's levels to it as far as um understanding who you are and allowing yourself to be who you are like that's not an easy thing and with society today there are so many different things that are distracting you and preoccupying you from what your human experience purpose is and your human experience purpose is to understand what it means to be a soul and to be evolving. But with all this shit that's happening with like, like they created politics, they created sports and all this shit. Like, again, there's a lot of preoccupations. Like when you ask people like, what do you do for your job? Like, what's your occupation? Like, what are you busy occupied doing Mm -hmm. while you're not searching for yourself or understanding yourself? Yeah. Um, And so our show, our show that we're developing touches on all these different, we're, we're going to be talking to a lot of different people and having guests on the show and talking about topics that range from um, like spiritual awakenings to what it's like to date um, in this time, what, um, what hindrances and benefits there are of social media, just topics that people can relate to. But um, in essence, like we want to be able to open people's minds and understand that, help them understand that there's a lot to understand. Um, and the more the more that you understand, the more I, I think just the more meaning that you can pull into your everyday and the mm-hmm. more awareness that you can have within yourself and what you do. It was very easy to get like go through the motions and kind of feel like you aren't working towards anything or you don't know where mm-hmm. you're going in your life. And um so I relate to that. Yeah. So our, to that. Our, our hopes are that people will watch the show and have things that they take away that make them consider life a little differently, hopefully in a more positive way. Okay. That's dope. That was a, a nice little teaser for Very Human <laughs> on the Paul and Powell's podcast. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I, we're kind of nearing the end That's and I sad. still like have some, some things I want to touch on. Before I get there, I had a question coming while you were talking uh, from Kakuyan, kind of regarding some of your um, video interests. He says, "I don't want to talk about you." you don't, <laughs> I just delete the question. No, he says you've done docs, music videos, and even fashion visuals. Are there any other types of video you want to try? Yeah, all of them. Um, <laughs> all the, I really want to try one of my one of my biggest goals. I have two really big goals right now. Um, one of them is to create a a video installation, but at like a large scale. I've done small scale installations, but I want to do something like very immersive, like something that you would come across at a festival. Um, mm. The second goal is to design and produce a live music experience because, again, I love music so much and being able to combine these two passions of mine is like a dream come true. And I know what, again, I know what it's like to be on the the side of experiencing those like concerts and music events and how thrilling and like euphoric and just like, you feel so yourself, like for whatever Mm. reason, when you're in those situations and circumstances, like you just feel like you can be free and do whatever you want without a care in the world. And I want, or, or you have a visual that like goes with this song. I don't know. <laughs> In general, I want to be able to create those experiences for others because I know what it feels like. Yeah. 
I feel like you're gonna do it. You you've already just said it. You put it out there, and now you gotta yeah. do it. Or because this is recorded, so you you can't really. Yeah, I'll just play it over it. and over. And <laughs> it'll be my own um, clock. And uh, one thing I also really want to touch on, we didn't even like touch on it yet, is you keep saying this love of music and curation and sound creating. I want to know how this the DJ part of you kind of came to be. Yeah, um, DJing again. I started around middle school as well. I spent a lot of time alone. A lot of these things kind of came because I spent a lot of time alone. And so with my time alone, I was just constantly looking for music online and like finding things that would make me feel some type of way or just songs that would make me feel good or songs that would kind of reflect my mood. Um, and I just had this realization the other day, actually, that because um, I recently watched the documentary, um, The Social... Dang, it just left dilemma. my brain. Yes, social thank dilemma. you. The yeah, social yeah. dilemma I got about you. just like the the psychological effects of notifications and stuff like that. Um, and so I realized that me searching for music in that dark time in my life was like a dopamine addiction. Like when I found that new song, that like the first three chords or whatever that I liked, it hit me and it would release this dopamine in me. And I was like, I need more. So I would continuously find music over and over and over. And I remember when I was younger, my mom would get so mad at me because I would stay up so late and like be late for class and shit because I would stay up looking for music. And she was like, she's like, imagine how much money you would make if people would pay you to do what you do all night long. <laughs> um, and so- Shout out your again, mom, yo. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> a, decade, a decade later, a decade later, I was like, look, mom, remember when you said that? She's like, shit, I did say that. Um, but yeah, I think music is just another, like I said, another, um, form that people can express themselves with. And I think that music is just, it provokes so much within you. Um, Mm. and especially only being like an auditory thing, like it, it can become a very synesthetic and like all sensory encompassing experience. Um, and so I was just always making like burning CDs for the homies all the time and again, constantly listening to music. And then when I found that group of creative people, they were doing video and photography and DJing. That was another thing that they were doing. I was like, yeah, that sounds tight. Um, And so (laughs) I was like, I'm going to try it. Like I I always have like these libraries of music that I I listen to on repeat, but I don't do anything about them. I'm going to try and make a mix. Um, And so I made my first mix in like 2016. I made that shit in GarageBand where I just, <laughs> I spent like a, like a week just like experimenting like this song after this song and like turning the volume down at the end and then turning the volume. Like there's no, like, I don't know how to use GarageBand. I don't know what, I didn't know what, how to like use a DJ controller by any means. Like I didn't understand, I didn't understand mixing. I just understood that there is like a journey to go through when I listen to these mixes and I want to create one of those journeys. And um, from there, um, someone that I looked up to, who's a super, super dope artist and an amazing DJ, um, Andre Power from Selection, he was throwing an event in San Diego called Art in the Park. And so he invited me to DJ. And I was like, what? Like, you're like a world-renowned DJ and you want me to play at your event? Like, what? I like... All I did was click some buttons in GarageBand. Like, I don't know how to do this shit. My first set was awful. 
But it was so fun. It was so you, fun. Have you seen the meme with like LeBron like dying of his head and like really bad music? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like my transitions were trash. My my music yeah. selection I think was fine. Yeah. Maybe it could have been better curated for like the bar and the location and whatever, but um <laughs> from that, like one again, it's like people people saying like, hey, what you're doing is dope. Do you wanna try this? It's those kind of things where you're just like, wait, what? You think that's possible for me? And then you start to believe it for yourself. And then you're like, shit, yeah, actually, that was fun. And I would be super down to do that again. And so I yeah. kept doing it and got better. My transitions have become less trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how, like, when people believe in you, you believe more in yourself? Yeah. Which is crazy because you could have always done it, but you needed somebody to tell you that you can do it. And I, I've always thought that was crazy to like yeah just I think it's I've always had the perspective like that the people around you are fragments that reflect yourself um and so it's I think it's really important that when you have people that you trust and that you know are have your best interest in mind when they give you that sort of input or advice um to literally reflect on what they're saying because they're saying it for a reason like people human nature like in a selfish way, we kind of do our own thing. It's not like we really mo- go out of our way to do things like that all the time. Yeah. Well, we should. And I think that over time, society has become more aware of the benefits of just you know, being more communicative and yeah. being more open. Do it. do it, y'all. Tell y'all friends they're dope. Tell me yeah. I'm dope. You know what I'm you're saying? Just because. Thanks. Paul and you're, Paul. Dope. <laughs> you're, you're dope. <laughs> oh, this is dope. Um, and... Uh, I know we don't have that much time left, but I kind of wanted you to address two things. Okay. One, um, so Vanessa will be giving away Raffle Prize, The Celestine yes. Prophecy by James yes. Redfield. And I wanted you to briefly describe what that is and why you're giving it away. And then I want you to transition that into your words of advice before we let you go. Okay. Um, the Celestine Prophecy is a book that changed my perspective on life almost entirely. Um, it opened my mind to how my thoughts and mind frames not only affect me, basically the book is a a fictional narrative about this guy who goes on a journey and it's a self-discovery journey. And so through that, as he's learning these lessons, you're learning them too. And so you start to, they talk about things as far as like, um, understanding, uh, synchronicities, for example, and making sure that you are, your heart and your mind are open to things that come your way that align and they present to themselves, they present themselves to you in a very specific way. And if you are able to notice them, then you basically get to reap that benefit and evolve in that way. Um, So there's different things like that throughout the book that one, to help you understand yourself and in return, you understand, human nature and your your connection to everything else on earth. And I think it's it's something that if everybody could have that insight, um, kind of like very human, like the world would be a better place because we would just understand how, like we would understand ourselves enough to not have ego come in the way. And then we would understand that there's a lot to understand and that, um, there's really an endless 
I don't know how to describe it. There's just so many walks of life. Like you could never go about saying that you know what life is. And so this book basically opens that up to be like, here are all the possible things in life, or here are all the possible ways for you to be open to understanding all the things that are in this human experience. Gotcha. Um, and then um, my words well, can, of advice. Sorry, yeah, you kind of. No, I was gonna say you kind of like dropped a lot of the words of advice throughout this whole interview. But if you have anything that you still have left before I ring you dry, like what do you got? Yeah, I think my words of advice would be to always check in with yourself. And by that, I mean, reevaluate your goals, reevaluate your like your day to day, like are the things that you're doing, what feel good to you? Like, do you do you see yourself doing this often? Like, are you checking in with how you are mentally or emotionally at the end of the day? Um, and I think if you're constantly checking in with yourself, then you're always going to be growing. Because mm-hmm. again, like, like- your 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 values will evolve your goals will evolve your purpose will evolve but mm-hmm. as long as you're checking in you understand that evolution is happening basically gotcha i like that that was a great way to end this episode uh, i want to thank you once again vanessa for willing to do this and i really appreciate just you always putting your energy out there you're always inspiring me to kind of like explore new things especially with videography <laughs> so i really think that it's really dope i hope everybody learned something from this And uh, I'm going to let you go and wrap it up with the rest of the gang, but appreciate you once again. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to get you that passion planner. Oh, for real? Yes, for real. This is is why I do this. But uh, all right. And thank thank you you for everyone who tuned in. No problem. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this creative conversation, I would appreciate if you did at least one of the following three things. One, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And feel free to leave me a rating and a review too if you have the time. Two, follow at Paul and Pals on your social media of choice, but ideally Instagram, so you can tune in live every other Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern to participate in the conversation and potentially win a raffle prize. Three, share the word. Word of mouth is really like the number one reason why I check out new things. So if you know of anybody that could benefit from listening to this episode, send them a link. Lastly, if you're interested in coming on the show to share your own story, please feel free to reach out to me via social media or send me an email at paul, that's P-O-L, at paulandpals.live. And who knows, you might just be the next pal that I interview. But without any further ado, remember to stay creative. Stay creative. Stay creative.